Time to talk some football on Around the Gridiron with your host. This guy could bench press me, and I'm 300 pounds. It's Houston Wetzel. This lady knows football. Just ask her. It's Marissa Boss. Last but not least, once this guy starts talking about football, it's hard to stop him. Brock Aker. Now here they are with Around the Gridiron. Welcome into Around the Gridiron podcast. Today I'm excited once again to be here. And the main reason why I'm excited is because we're going to dive into some week one NFL games here. Uh, there was question at time whether we'd have an NFL season, but everything is good to go now. And Marissa Voss couldn't come, with up, come on with us today, but I am here with a good pal of mine, Brock Aker. Uh, he did his hair today. He's looking good on the camera. Brock, how are you doing? Are you excited for this week one uh, play? Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, actually, right after this podcast, I'm going up to the lake uh, by Millbank, South Dakota, and I'm going to go fishing for the first time since I fell in the Baltic Pond after catching a fish. That uh, is a legendary story here at Baltic High School. Um, so I'm looking forward to continue my success fishing, and I hope I stay in the boat this time. Yeah, was that, I think I – was I uh... – playing at that time or was I what, what grade was that when you fell in the pond senior year uh no one else I I'm a city person I went to country Baltic oh, South during, Dakota during gym class during gym class and all the people that are used to fishing didn't catch anything I have Aberson put the worm on my pole does everything for me so all I have to do is reel it out and I caught the first pitch and I rubbed it in everyone's face and all of a sudden I slipped into the pond uh, so that's what happens when you're not humble. Yeah, that's a that's a life story right there. You need to be humble. You're going to be falling in the drink. Uh, real quick, I want to encourage everyone to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in each respective sport. Uh, for their week one contest of NFL, all you got to do is choose 10 out of 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Uh, that's going to be over-unders for the prop lines there. And if you use code, uh, the promo code GRIDIRON, when you sign up today, you're going to get a free $20 bonus on any $20 deposit you make. So that's free $20 to play with. That's going to help us and help you. So go ahead and download the Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or just go to thrivefantasy.com. Before we go into our Thursday night recap, uh, our shows are now going to be live on YouTube uh, and with the video. We also encourage you to go follow our Facebook page. Brock has created that. He's done a great job around the gridiron on uh, Facebook. That page can be really used for anything. We'll be posting our videos and content on there but if you want to spark a discussion ask us who you should start in your fantasy football lineups we'd always be willing to uh, answer those questions and then of course back on youtube follow us at around the gridiron podcast so let's move in brock the chiefs game last night we all had the chiefs winning uh so we're all starting one and on the season pretty easy but i did lean a little bit towards that texans plus nine and a half they came out strong early but, you know, once the Chiefs offense gets going, they get going. Yeah, and the Texans 
had some opportunities on fourth and shorts in the first half and even one in the second half where they could have gone for it. I thought they should have been more aggressive, but they just let the punt of the football and let the Kansas City Chiefs uh, just keep on driving down their throat. One interesting thing is Will Fuller looks like he's going to take that DeAndre Hopkins role, but he's no one like DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't know what Watson's deal is. I know he doesn't have a lot of options, but it looked like kind of like the last couple of years where he'd just look at Hopkins. All he would look at is Fuller last night. So you wonder uh, what kind of reads Watson is. A lot of people are putting it on the offense that's surrounding on Watson, but I'm going to put some of the blame on Watson last night for not uh, looking at everywhere i have will fuller in fantasy so those hundred yards is great for me uh, but for the success for the texans he's definitely going to need to get everyone involved there in the passing game yeah i had will fuller last night in my fantasy league as well uh over 100 yards and eight catches there for the guy and he fuller actually had 51 percent of the targets or 51 percent of the air yards last night and we even saw Watson even miss Fuller on a couple deeper passes, one uh, in the fourth quarter and one early in the third. Uh, but David Johnson looked like himself, which was really surprising to me to see him out there. And he looked like his Arizona self coming out of University of Northern Iowa. Maybe it's the weather. People say that uh, that colder, rainy weather was that Iowa kind of football for him. But – one thing I think we should touch on is that running the running back, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, there's many doubters. This guy is going to have a lot of grief um, because there's other running backs in the draft, Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift, Dobbins. We've talked about those guys. And the Chiefs wanted Clyde, so he's got high praise, and he's also going to get the punishment of being the high praise if he doesn't perform well. I thought he looked good. He was very shifty. But he did have troubles in the red zone. I don't think that's primarily his fault because J.J. Watt, as soon as they got down into the five-yard line, J.J. Watt was turning on the spark plug and getting back there every single time. Yeah, Does one that... play, Watt came in and he spinned away from Watt and then he got clotheslined by that big defensive tackle. I thought he died. Yeah, he's a little shorter back, but I was impressed. Any finishing thoughts on how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played on his opening night, Brock? And one of my touchdown links, I, was, I had Mahomes, and I was against Clyde. And Clyde, I thought that was going to look pretty bad. He had so many options to plug it in, and instead he got stuffed. And then Watkins had that one-yard touchdown. Tyreek Hill got that touchdown out the end because Clyde couldn't get in. And then on the last drive, I was surprised they were still just given – they could have just need the clock kind of out instead of kind of running up the score there at the end. But they still gave it to Clyde three more times to try to get in the end zone, and they didn't. So then they kicked the field goal. So Clyde very much could have had three touchdowns easily last night. But like you said, J.J. Watt. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire obviously is going to be a top-five fantasy running back, I think, here the rest of the way. I would completely agree there. But let's move on to our week one breakdown. I am excited because this is all we look forward to week one of the NFL season. We're going to start it with my favorite team playing at the Detroit Lions. The line opened up at Detroit minus three over under 44 and a half. But now the line has moved to Detroit being minus two and a half and that over under dropping a point and a half to now being set at 43. Rock, what are your early thoughts on this uh, game here? I'm actually going to take the Bears in this one going with the upset. We just don't know Kenny Galladay. 
hamstring injury. You know, I hate hamstrings. I don't know how effective he's going to be. TJ Hawkinson says his ankles hundred percent for that's good. But you know, Deandre Swift is limited. Carry on Johnson and AP will split that role. But all of a sudden, I don't like that offense going against uh, the Bears defense, still one of the top tier units in the NFL. So I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to have an okay game, but it's mainly going to be a low scoring game. And I'll take the Bears, something like 20 to 17. Yeah, and I'm going to also take the Bears here. Uh, one thing to be noted is newly acquired uh, edge rusher Robert Quinn is doubtful, I and I don't think he's going to play, I'll be honest with you. Khalil Mack has been dealing with a knee injury, but he he's questionable to play. I think he will suit up. And then David Montgomery practiced in full the last two, game, last two days, but he still is questionable for the game. I think that he's going to play. Will he get the full workload? Probably not. But with Kenny Galladay doubtful, and I, I don't think he plays with a hamstring injury, you're going to see the likes of Quintus Cephas and also Marvin Hall on the outside. Marvin Jones will play primarily out of the slot. I just don't think Adrian Peterson has enough in, in him at this point of his career to run through the heart of this Bears defense. So, yeah, the Bear, and that's why we're seeing this line movement uh, dropping more in the Bears' favor. So, yeah, I would take the Bears plus two and a half, give me the Bears straight up, but I would take the under 43 in this matchup. Uh, Brock, who do you think, though, will have a good fantasy day for them between the two teams? I hope Allen Robinson for my kids because I have him on my fantasy team. That'll be an interesting matchup. I think Jeffrey Okuda might be following him around or if Desmond Trufant guards him. I'll be interesting to see if Okuda's already good enough right now to shadow the number one receiver of other teams. So that's what I'm looking for for the matchup. Again, I think this is a very low-scoring game, so I'm not much of wanting to start about anyone in this fantasy or in this game in fantasy other than Allen Robinson. I think he is obviously a must-start. Yes, I would completely agree. Allen Robinson is a must-start. To go off that Mitch Trubisky when playing the Detroit Lions, has had three top 10 finishes, two of them coming in the top 10, and then finish as the number two quarterback in fantasy on the week in his uh, last four career starts against the Detroit Lions. But let's move on to a game that I think will be a lot more higher scoring, and that's the Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. The line opened up at Seattle minus one and a half, the over-under set at 48 and a half. Uh, It is now at Seattle, minus two and a half, over 49. So we're seeing Seattle become a more uh, road favorite. And we're also seeing that line move up. This game should be a shootout. If I had to, I'm taking the over 49. There's four elite wide receivers in this game that I think are very fantasy relevant this week with Julio, Ridley, Metcalf, and Lockett. Brock, who do you have in this game, and who do you think is going to be a good fantasy uh, play? I like I like the Falcons winning this game. I think Todd Gurley, it's going to be fun uh, for, to watch him play. He does really good against the Seahawks when going back to his Rams days. I mean, Julio Jones is supposed to be fully healthy. You got Calvin Ridley, who's done some extra squats uh, to make sure he gets to 1,000 yards this year. Hayden Hurst. Uh, so you got uh, a more healthy Falcons team and a couple different Hurst and Gurley to try to spike up this offense and Dan Quinn got his defense to play pretty well last year Uh, by the end of the season they went on a nice run there to keep Dan Quinn's job you know you want to see uh, their 
cornerback A.J. Terrell, see how he does going against probably D.K. Metcalf outside. And that's the other thing is the Seahawks, they got, like you said, Lockett and Metcalf. I think I start everyone in this game other than maybe Seattle's tight end because you, you want to see how it plays out. Does Will Disley get the majority of the targets or Greg Olson? I'd stay away from that tight end equation, but I'm starting Carson. I'm starting Gurley. I'm starting Hurst, Ridley, Julio, Lockett, and DK. And then, of course, I'm guessing most teams, if they have Ryan or Wilson, they're their number one. So I'm starting the quarterbacks as well. Don't start Seattle's defense this week. That's the one person I would not start. Yeah, so you have the Falcons in this game. I'm going to go the same way. I have the Falcons, uh, so I would take them at plus two and a half, and I like that they're playing at home. That's why I'm going to give them the edge here because the Seattle defense isn't what it used to be, and Matt Ryan and Julio and Ridley can just take this defense, and they're going to scorch them. A a guy that I think is really going to have a big game is DK Metcalf. Uh, I just don't think A.J. Terrell is there yet to be able to guard this guy. So in my FanDuel DraftKings lineups, I'm going to try to get DK Metcalf and all of them if, if possible. In our yeah, league we did, I have Sutton and Evans and Deontay Johnson out, so I'm forced to play Metcalf. The thing, though, also that favors toward the Falcons, though, is there's going to be artificial crowd noise, and you know the Falcons know how to use that, so watch for that in that game as well. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Falcons here as well. Uh, but let's move on to a game that has the lowest total on the slate. The line opened up at Buffalo minus six and a half. Uh, and then the over-under set at 39. The New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. The line has now moved. Still at the same for the Bills, minus six and a half. But we saw a move on the total going up to over-under 39 and a half. Brock, lowest total on the slate. Would you be taking the over or under on this? And how do you think this Bills defense or Bills offense, I should say, with the addition of Stephon Diggs is going to fare against this Jets team that has a real possibility of only winning one or two games this season? I would probably take the over here. 39 is just that many points. I'm guessing we're going to keep agreeing on picks because I'm going to take the Bills. So that's kind of not fun. We don't get to argue, but yeah, I would take the Bills. I would take the over just because you never know with Allen and Diggs. The Jets defense is terrible. So I can see the Bills dropping 30 points themselves in that game. So I think Darnold could probably drop 10, just 10 points, even though the Bills defense is pretty good. It said Darnold is playing very well. You got Le'Veon Bell. They ramped up that offensive line. So I think they can put up about 10-ish points and the Bills get 30 points. Give me the over barely and then give me the Bills as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills, but uh... – I don't know if there's many fantasy options in this game, probably because these two teams aren't known for their offensive style of play. I have Crowder in a couple leagues. I have Josh Allen in a couple leagues, but I'm just not going to start him this week. Uh, and that's why the over-under is so low. This game shouldn't be high scoring by any means, but I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. It's easy for me here with them playing at home. So you must have Allen then as your – backup because if you're not starting Josh Allen against the Jets you're never going to start him in fantasy yeah I actually uh one league I have him with Patrick Mahomes and another league I have him with Dak Prescott okay so. that makes sense I was just worried because if you drafted Josh Allen as your number one and you're not starting him to Jets uh I don't know what the plan was there but yeah that makes definitely sense then yeah, I just uh I got lucky there with quarterback death I'm tired of getting to the fantasy championship and having to play Mitch Trubisky or Ryan Fitzpatrick like I had to last year. 
Uh, let's move on to another NFC North divisional game here. And this one, I think, where a lot of our listeners are going to be watching and tuning into. Uh, that's the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. The line opened up at Minnesota minus three, over-under set at 45. A little bit of line movement in the Packers' favor as now Minnesota is a minus two-and-a-half favorite, but the over-under is still set at 45. These early divisional games are going to make a difference later. And that's why I really hope the Bears win this week. I know that as a fan, what else am I going to say? But to grab one early here is important. Uh, Minnesota at home, they're going to be without Daniil Hunter, but newly acquired Yannick Ngakwe should make an impact against this Packers offensive line. Brock, I want to hear what you have to say and see if we have any differences when it comes to our picks here. I'm taking the Packers as this one. You got Aaron Rodgers, the same receiving core last year, which a lot of people are mad about. They didn't have a receiver, but at least they have continuity. And the Vikings back in their secondary has no continuity after losing Waynes, Alexander, and Xavier Rhodes. So I think the experience of the Rodgers and the receiving core is going to take advantage of the Vikings defense. I'm guessing if you have Aaron Rodgers and fantasy, he is your backup. I would well like to see what your other option is. I would maybe start Rodgers and fantasy this week. I think he could have 300 yards and three touchdowns. So he's my sleeper this week after being drafted in the late rounds as most of a backup. I think Rodgers has a very nice week this week without the crowd, without Daniel Hunter, and then experience in the secondary. I see the Packers winning, and I see Rodgers having a big day. Yeah, and I don't know if we're going to get any different here at all early, but I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers as well. I think that Devontae Adams has a possibility to get 130 receiving yards this week. I, don't, I would not be surprised if Devontae Adams is the number one fantasy wide receiver on the week. As you said, Rhodes is out. Um, help me here. Who else is gone? Rhodes. Mackenzie Alexander. Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Wayne. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, they're going to have a new secondary and I think Devonte Adams is going to eat them up. I think Rogers is going to come in a little bit upset, especially on the road. And he's going to go play these Minnesota Vikings tough on the opposite side. I like Dalvin cook quite a bit. And I think he's going to play really well this week and run all over that Packers defense that's had struggles before, uh, with that run game. Yeah, definitely. You obviously want to start a running back on any team when you're going against the Packers because of their rush defense. They didn't really – they got curtsy from the Browns to help probably an upgrade over Blake Martinez last year. But until they prove they can stop the run any better than they did last year, you definitely are rolling out a running back against them, especially a premier one like Dalvin Cook. So we both have the Packers here. I can only imagine that Marissa would have the Vikings – but she will give us her picks uh, before the end of the week. Uh, let's move on to a game I know you'll be watching, and that's the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Line opened up New England minus 6.5, over-under set at 42.5. The spread has stayed the same, but we have seen a uh, lower number on that over-under. It is now at 41.5. This new-look Pats against the improved Dolphins defense, Brock, uh, I know you're going to have the Patriots to win this one, but do you think they cover that six and a half spread? I do not think they're going to cover that spread. The Patriots going against the Dolphins, the 
even with Cam Newton, I have high hopes for him, but there's been no preseason games. Julian Edelman's been banged up a little bit. So the chemistry is not going to be there right away. I got the Patriots winning, maybe on a game-winning field goal. I can see it being that close in a game that scares me a little bit because you can't expect Cam Newton after all these injuries and the new system like Josh McDaniels to be perfect right away. So I'd expect some groin pains this week, but I still think the Patriots just win barely because I think our defense is still much better than people think, even though we lost a lot of key pieces last year. Yeah, I really like Cam Newton in this game, despite it being new for him, despite this being a new team and with the short and off season, no preseason. Is it going to be hard for him? Yes, but his rushing upside is what really takes it to the next level for me here. I think he's fantasy startable. Uh, I think I'm going to start him in my one fan duel lineup for the week uh, because I think that this Miami's defense, yes, it got some new pieces in Kyle Van Noy. Uh, they brought in Byron Jones to play alongside Xavier Howard. One thing about Xavier Howard is he didn't even rank in the top 120 corners last year, according to PFF. Uh, he's got a big name, but when PFF grades him, and I, I'm a big believer of PFF grades, obviously they, they don't tell everything, but they're, they're good, knowledgeable people. And Howard didn't even rank in the top 120 corners last season. Uh, so... I'm going to take the Patriots. Brock, you're taking the Patriots as well. Um, but I would take Miami that plus six and a half. Uh, and I'd probably take the over on this one. I do, you, think, uh, do you have FanDuel up? I'm just curious going back because you said you like Newton with FanDuel this week. How much is Aaron Rodgers? Because the name you think it would cost a lot. But since he's been so devalued in fantasy this year, how much is Rodgers worth this week? Yeah, one second. It wouldn't take me very long to pull that up for you here. No, no, um, I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. Just the, if I have Newton or Rogers, and I'm a Patriots fan, I'd still start Rogers. Newton, that rushing upside, I do like what you're talking about. I think there is going to be some design runs for Newton. Actually, I think McDaniel's is going to use his skill set. I don't see him running 12 times a game like sometimes they do with the Panthers, but I can see a five carry, five 50 yard rushing type of line from Newton. I think the running game is not going to be consistent between which running back is going to be behind them. you got Damian Harris on the IR. we got Rex Burkhead that's been playing pretty good this training camp so far and in practices. Sonny Michelle is working his way back from injury. James Watt obviously is good in the passing game. So I, it's hard for me to start anyone in this game other than New England's defense because it's Bellatrix. Um, but – Cam Newton has upside with the rushing, but I still would try to stay away from him if you have him in fantasy, just to see how this thing goes this first week of how much chemistry he has with his team already. Yeah, Rodgers is at $7,500, and Cam Newton is at $7,300. Uh, does that sway your decision at all? I mean, yeah, I'd pay the 200 extra bucks for uh, Rodgers. Are they, like, bottom 10 in cost? Are yeah, they... I mean – uh, below Newton, you're seeing Stafford, Cousins, Carr, Rivers, Tyrod, Baker, Trubisky, Bridgewater, Darnold, Minshew, Burrow, and then yeah. you're seeing all the other guys up top. They're about in the mid-range. They're not in the top 10, but they're at that 11 through 15 range for the week there. Yeah, okay, yeah. I definitely would try to get Rodgers in my lineup. 
try to stay away. From, I would take the Patriots defense. That's what I would say in this matchup. If, uh, but that's about it. Again, it's hard to pick when the Dolphins are the Dolphins. Parker's banged up. Preston Williams sounds like he's going to be back, but I don't know how much you want to put money on them. Jordan Howard and Matt Breida are kind of in timeshare. So that's kind of an ugly game for fantasy, in my opinion. Yeah, I, but I, it is. But I would take, I would take that uh, over 42-and-a-half because I do think that both teams have the ability to score 21 points. I guess that's just my sense. But uh, – you got any thoughts on that? Should we move on to the next matchup? Let's move on to the next matchup. Yeah. Uh, you got the over, I got the under in that one. We'll just remember that. So far, we're the same teams, though. Let's see if this one differs. Are you going with the Washington football team against the Eagles? Minus no, 60. I, I, I don't think that uh, this one's going to change between both of us. Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Line started at at Philadelphia, minus six, over under 42 and a half. That line has now dropped in favor of the Washington football team. Uh, the Eagles are now – or actually, excuse me, the Eagles are now minus five-and-a-half point favorites. A lot of the money is on Washington to cover the spread, just doing a little research throughout the week. Um, Eagles are already suffering the injury bug. What else is new? Yeah, uh, 2020 is a weird in a lot of things but it's not weird and the Eagles already being full of injuries because that's how every season goes for the Eagles. But one thing that I think is going to be a difference maker in this game is that Washington defensive line with second overall pick Chase Young, they're going to get after Carson Wentz early and often. And then with Miles Sanders suffering that hammy injury or dealing with that hammer injury, I should say, I am not playing him this week. If you have other options, I'm playing Chris Carson over uh, Miles Sanders. I don't think many week. people drafted four running backs with their first four picks to have that luxury. No, I doubt it. But I think running back important is – running back depth is very important this season. So, yeah, I'm not going to start Miles Sanders if I don't have to. Who would you start, Sanders or Boston Scott? Let's say Sanders does is active, but probably on a pitch count, do you start Sanders or do you just play Boston Scott if you have his handcuffed? I'm going to be playing or Miles Sanders if he's in the game over Boston Scott just because I think it only takes Miles Sanders about 12 to 15 opportunities. Now is that on the high end? Probably but I do think nine to 12 is totally realistic for him if he was to play and against this uh, Washington team, he's going to get possibly three catches. He is known for getting uh, the ball thrown to him and with no Alshon Jeffrey with the Zach Ertz kind of not being on the same page with the Eagles right now, uh, that continuity might not be there. And I'm let's, to make it short, uh, I'm taking Sanders over Boston Scott this week yeah, because I'm I sure, think only yeah. nine carries is all he needs. Let's keep it on that just because I think a lot of people probably might have this conundrum. Let's stay in the same matchup. Are you starting Miles Sanders if he's active or Antonio Gibson? You know, I'm starting Antonio Gibson actually over Miles Sanders at that point because I think Gibson is going to be in the range of 12 to 15 care or 12 to 15 opportunities hopefully three to five of them coming through the air. And I, 
I speak for the half PPR, full-point PPR leagues because I think that's where the general fantasy community is going to nowadays with these point-per-reception uh, contests. And Gibson, there's no one else there that I think really contends early. Yeah, J.D. McKissick was slated as the number one on the original death chart. But it came out and said that Ron Rivera didn't even do the death chart. He told some of his interns to just fill out a death chart and get it out. Uh, he said that in press conference. So I don't think they get rid of Adrian Peterson if they weren't confident in Antonio Gibson. Now, season long, is Gibson going to last all year because he had limited carries at Memphis? Mm. That's that's challenging. I for think me, the interesting but. thing is I think Bryce Love is going to have an opportunity here too. He looked good in preseason, and he was Heisman hopeful with Stanford his last year. He kind of struggled, so he dropped in the draft. But I think the trade for Peterson also gives Bryce Love the opportunity because looking at Gibson's background, he's not a full workload type of guy. So I see this year Love and Gibson kind of split in that role. All right. Yeah. Like, I agree. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on before we move on, Terry McLaurin, what do you think about his fantasy output this week, Brock? Well, last year in week one against the Eagles, he had over 100 yards and like two touchdowns. So I'm definitely starting him this week. I know they have Darius Slay now. Uh, but Terry McLaurin is an absolutely star. He's on a terrible football team, especially offensively. Uh, but he is a star, and stars perform no matter the situation. So I have McLaurin, a receiver, too, this week, a top 20 option. So um, unless you have three receivers that are higher than top 18 re receivers on the fantasy list, I'm definitely starting Terry McLaurin this week. Yeah, I'm trying to get Terry McLaurin into my uh, FanDuel lineup. Uh, let's move on to a game that actually I think is going to be quite exciting, despite it being two teams that aren't very exciting themselves. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Carolina Panthers. The line opened up at Las Vegas minus three. Are they getting that Vegas hype right away? Possibly. Uh, over under 48. The line has now moved to the Raiders being minus two and a half. And we've seen a decrease in that total now at 47 and a half. Brock, Joe Brady-led offense against the Raiders' new receiving core. Um, I think this game has a possibility to be sneaky for a shootout, uh, despite uh, Josh Jacobs being able to get a large workload on the ground. I think that Panthers are going to have the possibility to punch him right back in the mouth with that three-headed wide receiver core. My goodness, you think every game is going over to this week? Uh, actually, I wish I had the stat for this. But the last time the NFL, uh, I think it, they had a holdout uh, early 2010s or maybe early late 2000s. I don't remember. They had a holdout too long ago that I would actually be knowledgeable since I'm only 20 years old and I didn't follow NFL that close at the age of 13, 14 years old. But the last time that the NFL had this kind of holdout, no preseason stuff, I the opening week over – 60% of the games went over uh, for the, the week one, the last time something like this happened. Well, I would probably 48 points. I'd probably take the under in this with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, new quarterback, new system, new receivers. Robbie Anderson's different. You got DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel still there, but again, it's a new quarterback. And then the Raiders, 
Although when they played for Del Rio, they actually played pretty good when they played across the country. Um, obviously, they're in the Eastern time zone against Carolina. I'd probably take the under this game. I'm going to go with the Raiders. The Panthers are like the worst run defense last year, and then they lose Luke Keekley to retirement. Josh Jacobs could be the number one overall fantasy running back this week because of that matchup. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Give me the Raiders winning 27 to 17 and Jacobs hundred yards, two touchdowns. Why not? Yeah. I don't think that's, I'm not saying it's not bold, but I think it's really doable for Josh Jacobs. Um, but once again, I'm going the Raiders here too. Are we ever going to get something to change? Maybe not. Uh, these week one games actually seem like they're actually decently predictable, but uh, I don't think the Panthers aren't going to go out without a fight. Uh, I'm going to start CMC, of course, Josh Jacobs. If you had to play Teddy, I probably wouldn't. If you're in that spot, that's not a good place to be in week one by oh, any no. means. Um, DJ Moore, startable. One guy I want to bring up is Brian Edwards. If you if he's on your waiver wire out there, uh, go pick him up now because you're not going to be able to after his week one play against this decimated Carolina Panthers secondary. He's a big guy that has elite speed. And just go pick him up now. A lot of leagues you're not going to see him because people are already predicting his breakout. You can thank that to A.J. Brown of last season. Um, but let's move on to a game that I think we're going to agree on once again, the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts opened up at minus eight, the, uh, the tied for the highest spread uh, on this slate here. Uh, and then the over-under set at 45 and a half. This indie run game behind what I arguably think is the best offensive line in the league against a potential Jacksonville Jaguars team that isn't going to contend in many games. Brock, is there anything you can tell me that's different than what the general public's going to think about this game? Yes, I do. I think there's the athletic beat writer for the Colts saying Jonathan Taylor's just there to spell Marlon Mack. I'm not believing that hogwash. They drafted Taylor in the second round. And they're going to split the carries between Marlon Mack and him, but they're going to go with the hot hand approach. And Jonathan Taylor, if you watched any film on him against Wisconsin, he can break tackles really easy. Like you even said in our AFC South episode, he's a generational type runner, and I think he is. So once he gets the ball a couple times, he's going to stay in there, and they're going to run, run, run. So don't let these beat writers scare you away from starting Jonathan Taylor. Otherwise, you're going to be very disappointed on Sunday, once he gets 80 yards and his touchdown, I think he'll get. Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree there. I texted my good friend Sam this week. I said, are the Colts really not going to play Jonathan Taylor because they think Marlon Mack is a better running back? It's, it's crazy to me that they think that this Jonathan Taylor can spell Marlon Mack. I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I see him in the range of 200 to 225 carries this year, but he's going to average five yards per carry. And their linemen, Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, were banged up this week. They missed some practice, but it sounds like they're going to still play. And that Jacksonville defense, they traded in a dog Akwe. 
they have no defense. So if you're not going to start Jonathan Taylor this week, again, that goes back with Josh Allen against the Jets. If you're not going to start him this week, you obviously have a way better option. Otherwise, you're never going to start him, and you're going to really miss out on a great opportunity. Yeah, I know you were high on Jonathan Taylor this uh, draft season. I believe you got him in uh, one or both of the leagues. I'm in with you. You yeah, started him this week? Yeah, I'm starting him two out of my three leagues. I, I got Taylor in the fourth round. I think the first one was in the third round. But, uh, yes, I'm big on Jonathan Taylor because I think this team – it's going to have a very positive game script throughout the year because I think they're mostly pro football team. They're going to be leading a lot. They have the offensive line. And Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs that's come out just as a pure runner. And that's all they're going to be asking him to do. Yes, Rivers throws a lot to his running backs going back to San Diego. And Taylor, I think, doesn't have to be perfect. Yes, he's going to have to pick up some blocks if he wants to get workhorse-type snaps. But I don't even think he needs to be a workhorse to be a viable RB2 in fantasy this year. I completely agree. So we have five games left on our show today. Let's move on to this one. Uh, Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. We actually saw this Cleveland Browns team early in 2019 knock off the Ravens. Uh, But Ravens went out and got a couple new pieces I really like for that defense. And then they got rid of toxicity and Earl Thomas, if you can just say, hey, we're going to release you, Earl Thomas, because we don't like how you're acting, your attitude, your defense is in a pretty good spot. I'm not going to lie there. Baltimore minus eight over under set at 48 and a half. I'm going with the Ravens. It's easy. Brock, who do you got? And then how about you say there's a lot of good pieces on both teams here to play in fantasy, but I'll let you do the talking. Yeah, so the Browns actually gave the Ravens one of their two losses last year. So they, they play the Ravens very tough. The Ravens minus eight, that's an interesting number. I don't know if I'd take the Ravens to cover quite say, uh, but I do t- think the Ravens are going to win this game. Lamar Jackson, even though he was MVP, ranked number one out of 100 on the NFL top 100, he's not satisfied because he lost in the playoffs again last year. So he's going to be hungry. I think he's going to have a nice game this year. I think they're going to, he's going to throw a little more. I don't think he's going to get 100 yards rushing. I think Miles Garrett and the Browns will do a nicer job and containing him. But I think Mark Ingram has a nice day on the ground. I think Lamar Jackson uh, throws a few touchdown passes as well, and the Ravens get the win. So I'm starting Lamar. I'm starting Mark Ingram. I'm starting uh, Mark Andrews. I'm not too high on Hollywood Brown just because it's hard to trust him. He's very volatile, a receiver. He can go off one week, and then he can do absolutely nothing. So it depends on your options. I'm probably staying away from him if I can. Uh, but I'm starting Lamar, Ingram, and Andrews, Baltimore's defense. And then, of course, on the, on the Brown side, I, you have to start Chubb. He had over 100 yards uh, in, against the Ravens in a game last year. So even if they're behind, he's still going to get his touches. And then, again, I'd start Baltimore's defense. I'd stay away from OBJ if I can. You said, what, Marlon Humphrey's your defensive player of the year, so I'm guessing you'd probably want to sit OBJ this week as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to have to sit OBJ because I don't have him in any leagues. Just not a guy I wanted to target this year. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens once again. Real quick, because I think this is important to talk about, um, Kareem Hunt, the two-year extension – do you think that has a big impact on Chubb? I have Nick Chubb in one of my leagues that we can keep players year after year, and it worries me just a tad bit. 
despite I think Nick Chubb is probably one of the best running backs, pure runners in this league. So I'm not sure the reason to extend Hunt, but we really won't be able to tell what Hunt's role is until we see on Sunday. Well, Kareem Hunt, whatever you say about him, he kicked his girlfriend or whatever. Awful day for him. Uh, not a good look at all. I don't uh, appreciate that, obviously. But when he's on the football field, he is one of the top-tier running backs in the league. It's, it's hard to say because you don't really want to cheer for a guy like that, but it's just true. When he's on the field, he's very productive. So I understand why the Browns are doing that of the, to help spell Chubb. But I think Chubb's still going to get about 18 to 20 carries. And then you got Kareem Hunt to get seven to eight carries. You know, Stefanski coming from the Vikings where Zimmer said, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We, I think we talked about that in our show also when we were talking about the AFC North, that the Ravens might lead the NFL in rushing but the Browns would probably lead the NFL in rushing attempts. So if I have Chubb, I'm still not worried. I'm, I think he's still a back-in running back one or upside RB2. Uh, but I think Kareem Hunt can have some flex standalone value as well. Uh, so, yes, it kind of hampers Chubb's upside. He's not going to be a top-five running back, I don't think. Uh, but I still think he's a bottom-10 or uh, top RB2, per se, this year. So I wouldn't be too discouraged. Let's move on. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Line opened up at Chargers minus three, over under set at 43 and a half. Uh, one thing I think that's important is this line has now dropped to 42. We've seen a point and a half difference uh, in that uh, total there. And I'm not really seeing why that's happening. I think that Joe Burrow has a possibility to score three touchdowns. I think the Chargers can score three touchdowns. And you're already sitting at 42 points there. Uh, the one thing that may be the reason why this line is going down is there's new quarterbacks on both sides with Burrow and Tyrod. Uh, I'm curious to see if Mike Williams will play. But for fantasy-wise, I'm firing up Eckler and fi firing up Keenan Allen. And then I'll probably get in Hunter Henry. I don't own a whole lot of Hunter Henry because I just didn't want to have to deal with that tight end situation in Los Angeles. But I'm getting – I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game straight up. And if you had to add the line into it, I'd probably take a minus three as well. I do like Joe Burrow. I think he's going to have a good year. But this Chargers defense isn't no joke. They have good pass rush. I, it's sad that Derwin James is injured again. This is the second year in a row. But with Desmond King, Chris Harris, I think that secondary is still pretty salty. Yeah, that, that's the key matchup there. We're, we keep agreeing, which isn't probably the best here. We're not getting good arguments, but that's we're just being honest. I got the Chargers as well. That offensive line, you get Jonah Williams back to see how good he is, but that's a stuff, tough first start uh, going against Bosa or Melvin Ingram on the other side. So I think the pass rush and the Chargers defense is very uh, startable this week. I definitely have them on my lineups if I have them. And I'll, I'll take the Chargers. I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game then uh, you think I'd take the under. Uh, I got the Chargers winning 23-13. Pretty, that's what I got. Uh, Chargers 23-13. I probably start some kickers. I know you're not supposed to start some kickers, but uh, Marvin Badgley probably could kick some field goals for you this week. That's my bold take. That's a pretty bad one for this game. But uh, this is kind of an uninteresting game other than the Joe Burrow factor. No, that's your uh, boom, boom kicker of the week is uh, Michael Badgley.
Michael uh, Badgley. Get him in your lineups, everyone. <laughs> if he's on your waivers, pick him up and start him. That was a Brock-approved message. This is a game I'm not going to miss, though, next. And this is the Tampa Bay – excuse me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. The line opened up at minus 3.5 for the Saints, over under 49. That point total has now moved down to 48. But the Saints are still minus three and a half point favorites. And I think that the bucket, there's a lot of people that are going to bet on the Buccaneers plus three and a half. Because one, they think they're going to win this game. And if they do lose this game, it's only going to be by field goal. Uh, Brock, this is an NFC championship preview. We might be seeing in week one. Now, I think that's a little far-fetched. But who do you think wins? And is this a high-scoring game good for fantasy players? Or are you going to think this is going to be a more defensive battle? So, yeah, I'm getting the bad update. Uh, I have Mike Evans in two of the three leagues I'm in, and it sounded like he practiced today, uh, but he's doubtful. So he, he's not going to be playing this week. That, I think that helps Rob Gronkowski owners a lot. If you have Gronk, put him in the lineup. Um, in the red zone, he's going to be the main target now with Evans out. I don't know. You're really high on the overs this week. I'm more of on the unders this week because of the first – game a lot of different quarterbacks in different situations this year I would take the Saints I could see this game being a blowout I could see the Saints run over the Buccaneers this week in my Tom Brady uh, Buccaneers because of the new Tom Brady system New Orleans you know Breeze wants to show up here at home he's very good at the super and Louisiana their Superdome um, so give me the Saints this week. I'd probably got them winning. I guess I'll take the over. I'll, I'll take the Saints. I guess it's only 49 points over under. Shoot, it's the actually, Saints. It's dropped down to 40. Uh, one second here. I have it right here. It's dropped down to 48 now. Yeah, I'll take the over, I guess, because I think the Saints will put up a good amount of points. I think they'll probably put up 34. I think it could be the same score as last night. I'll go same score last night. Give me the Saints 34, Buccaneers 20. Yeah, uh, I. you got the Saints then, correct? Yes. So do I. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to a game that – maybe I'm reading this wrong here, but maybe I'm not. The Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran opened up at minus seven, total at uh, over under 47. The line is now moved to San Fran minus six and a half with the total being now 48. Uh, this 49ers run game may be too much to handle for Arizona, despite my love for Isaiah Simmons and his possibility of getting defensive player, a rookie defensive player of the year. Uh, I just got a notification. Tevin Coleman might actually sit out due to the air quality in San Fran right now with those uh, fires. Um, Brock, I got Mike Evans and Tevin Coleman, and all my guys are just wanting not to play. Uh, I think, honestly, this game, everyone's talking about the 3 o'clock hour, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. I think this is going to be an epic matchup here, this game. I think this is going to be the game everyone talks about on Sunday. Kyler Murray played the Niners tough both times last year, and now he has DeAndre Hopkins. You saw how good DeAndre Hopkins made that Texans offense the last couple of years and how bad they looked yet last night. I think Hopkins is going to be – Huge. He was my number one ranked receiver coming in over Michael Thomas, over everyone. I just think he's upside of the Clint Kingsbury system and Kyler Murray. I, I like 
that offense. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think the Cardinals are going to make it tough. And you know what? What the hell? Give me the Cardinals this week upsetting the 49ers. That's going to be my bold game. It's going to be a fun game. I say it goes in overtime, and then Zane Gonzalez hits a game-winning field goal. Then the Cardinals walk it off in San Francisco. On a confidence level here, 1 through 10, uh, the possibility of all three, um, you know, I'd even – I'll let you choose any of the wide receivers for the Arizona Cardinals, adding Andy Isabella. Um, what is your confidence level that Arizona has three 1,000-yard wide receivers here? And I'm Zero. Or, zero? I just think Hopkins is going to have, what, 1,500 yards, and I think – Larry will probably have about 750. Kirk might have 800, uh, stuff like that. I think uh, Kenyon Drake, it's very bold, but you saw McCaffrey go 1,000 to 1,000 last year. I think Drake is sneaky. He could get that because Cliff Kinsbury throws to his running backs a lot. If you're in a PPR league and you have Kenyon Drake, I also like that as well of this season. I, I'm a big believer and the Arizona Cardinals this year and that offense, but not so much uh, with Kirk Fitzgerald and Isabella. That's too scary for me to be confident of that, but give me Kyler Murray this year, Kenyon Drake and Hopkins. If you have either of those three on your fantasy team, oh, you're going to be pretty satisfied this year. Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree on that offense being very, very good. This is where one, we're going to be a little different uh, from each other, which is perfectly fine, but, you, you're giving me such a great case to go with the Cardinals here. But unfortunately, I'm just going to stick with the 49ers. Uh, Debo Samuel's not going to play, uh, which we thought that he would miss more this season. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him next week. Um, so I'm going to go Raheem Mostert. I'm going to start anyone on that uh, Cardinals defense or offense, excuse me. Uh, two guys that I think might be worthy if you play on a deeper bench league uh, to get ahead of the curve would be Dan Arnold tight end for the Arizona Cardinals and also Jared McKinnon. I, both guys are really suspect to me, but if Jared, if Coleman sits out and McKinnon comes in and gets 70 yards, people are going to be rushing to that waiver wire to pick him up. I'm going to stay away because I know that his injury concerns are there. He missed the last two seasons. Um, but those are just two guys that I think would be famous or be able to be on your waiver wire ads going into next week. Brock, you have anything on that game before we move to the, uh, our Sunday night matchup? Well, just Peter Schreger uh, from Good Morning Football agrees with you, Dan Arnold, when he came out with his top 10 breakout players. He had Dan Arnold in that. So especially in a not competitive after Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle tight end corp uh, we have in fantasy this year. If you don't have one of those three, it might be smart to get Arnold on on that roster before if he does break out in what I think is going to be a a nice high-scoring game against the Niners. Yeah, that total at uh, 48 there, it's actually moving up. So let's move on to a game I'm really excited about, the Sunday night matchup, the Dallas Cowboys. At the Los Angeles Rams, Dallas opens up at minus three, total set at 51 and a half, the highest total on this slate of games for our Sunday matchups. Um, 
and the line hasn't moved. They're still the same both ways. I'm going Dallas here, but I think you have a different answer than me. The reason for Dallas is Amari Cooper should be good to go. Zeke's going to be fully healthy. And with Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, I think that this offense is going to be real hard to stop. I will say that Jalen Ramsey is probably going to get a lot of Amari Cooper. So fire up Gallup, fire up CeeDee Lamb. I think they're both going to have both really good weeks. Uh, on the Rams side, Daryl Henderson should be good to go. But it's going to be a committee backfield that I don't really want to touch. Brock, it looks like you have the Los Angeles Rams. Tell me why. Yeah, I got the Los Angeles Rams. I'm, I'm glad that you think CeeDee Lamb's going to go up because I'm having to start CeeDee Lamb and Metcalf uh, for Sutton and Mike Evans this week because of injuries. Uh, so it sounds like even though my top two receivers are out, I might be setting off okay this week. I like the Rams this week because Mike McCarthy – Again, a different system for Dak Prescott. The offense, it should still be pretty decent, but give me the Rams, the continuity this week with Jared Goff. You got Robert Woods back, Cooper Cup. And again, I know you want to be humble, and I definitely have plenty of faults in fantasy football, but I think my two biggest strengths in fantasy football is finding and picking the right tight ends in fantasy and picking the right rookie running backs. And Tight ends this year, I, I told you about that. I think Hayden Hurst could be a big breakout. But going to this game about rookies, I think Cam Akers is the same situation as the Colts. Yes, it's going to be a committee right away. But Cam Akers at Florida State had a terrible offensive line, not the greatest quarterback, and he still had hell of a career at Florida State. The Rams offensive line is actually much improved from last year. They got a couple different guys. They're more coherent. They're not a top 10 offensive line like they were when they're in the Super Bowl two years ago, but they're a viable offensive line, middle of the pack. Camp makers is going to have some running lanes because Robert Woods, Cooper Cup are decent receivers that they're going to draw attention. So I think Cam makers is going to have a nice breakout year this year as a rookie. So I like acres. I like Jonathan Taylor, the Rams this week. I just like them because of the continuity factor. And did you see Aaron Donald? They said that he's been, the reports coming out that the Rams are worse with Aaron Donald on the field. I would not want to anger that man, Huey. I would not want to anger Aaron Donald. He's going to be on national TV after hearing that. Look for Donald to have a couple sacks this week too. Yeah, I, I this game's hard for me, but I'm going to, I should go with the home team, but I won't. I'll take Dallas. They are the favorites, but they're going to be on the road. It's hard. Um, you know, that Dallas defense is still not the best. So I'm taking the over 51 and a half. Um, but with that being said, let's close up our week one matchup breakdown. It was awesome. This was super fun for me, and I guess it was super fun for you. Uh, you can listen to this show on any listening platform, uh, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Cast, any, uh, any uh, listening platform you prefer. Uh, be sure to follow our YouTube at Around the Gridiron Podcast. Follow our TikTok, Around the Gridiron Podcast, to see clips of our show. Uh, go and like our Facebook page, Around the Gridiron. Uh, join, join the conversation that we could start over there. If you have fantasy football questions for us, we will be sure to answer them. If you have a bold take or you have a team that you think is going to uh, win that we thought was going to lose, 
shoot us a message on Twitter at ATGridironPod. We'll be sure to retweet and listen to what you have to say. We love bold takes. We love hot takes. Brock, anything else before we close out today's show? Uh, be on the lookout for Monday where we will recap these games real quick and then go into our Thursday night matchup. Yeah, I'm excited. I got done all my homework today, so I'm free for the weekend and going fishing tomorrow and football on Sunday. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Yes, thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. It's week one. It's going to be a blast. And that's it for Around the Gridiron.